the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Texas State Police announce an internal investigation into the actions of officers during the Uvalde shooting. Over 400 law enforcement officers there. Not one was man enough to go in there. Anthony Fauci plans to step down by the end of Joe Biden's first term. I can't be in this job forever. The U.S. housing market plunged more than expected in July to the lowest level since the beginning of the COVID pandemic. Builder confidence is down some. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Tuesday, July 19th. I'm Mike Scott. Hours of body cam footage have laid bare the response to a mass shooting at a Uvalde, Texas elementary school. The footage shows law enforcement officers massing at the scene, but then waiting to confront a gunman even after a child's 911 call from inside the building. As a result, the Texas State Police Monday announced an internal review into the actions of dozens of troopers who were at Robb Elementary. This comes on the heels of a damning 80-page report by the Texas House that revealed failures at all levels of local law enforcement. In body cam footage, Uvalde Staff Sergeant Eduardo Canales, the head of the city's SWAT team, is seen inside a hallway in Robb Elementary School when shots ring out and Canales is wounded. Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? Am I bleeding? bleeding? My wife's bathroom. He's sitting in the classroom. He got me, right? You okay? Yeah. He's in the class. Uvalde officer Justin Mendoza, one of the officers in the hallway at Robb Elementary, is discussing a child's 911 call and equipment they're bringing in. We're bringing gas in there. Victims in the room with us. Child on the phone, multiple victims. A child just called if they have victims in there. Call 911. Was that gas? Yes, gas. They don't have gas masks. No. Meantime, parent Tina Quintanilla Taylor criticized local board members for not having safe schools. Times changed. And you know what? Your schools, they suck. They're not secure. And we're not sending our kids back. Pastor Daniel Myers says the long delay in taking out the gunman was, in his opinion, cowardly. Over 400 law enforcement officers there. Not one was man enough to go in there. Authorities are still investigating the shooting that occurred in a shopping mall in south suburban Indianapolis where three were killed and two were wounded after a man walked into a suburban Indianapolis shopping mall and opened fire, 
before a hero, an armed civilian, shot and killed him. The shooter identified as 20-year-old Jonathan Douglas Spearman of Greenwood. Police said Spearman had two rifles, a handgun, and several magazines of ammunition, but he only used one of the rifles. Russ McQuaid, a reporter for a local Fox affiliate, said the investigation has revealed that the suspect may have planned to hurt many more people by leaving his stove on. Officials say they don't know why Jonathan Sapperman, the alleged gunman, opened fire inside the Greenwood Park Mall late Saturday, Sunday afternoon. However, it seems the more questions that we and investigators ask, the more there is to learn about this tragedy. This is the photograph of the 20-year-old Greenwood man who police say caused such havoc when he opened up on a food court full of shoppers inside of Greenwood Park Mall last night, leaving three victims, including a husband and wife, dead and two other people wounded. When investigators raided his nearby apartment early this morning, they found he left the oven turned on with a laptop computer and a butane bottle inside. That could have been an explosive situation. Mike Gallagher, host of the Mike Gallagher Show on the Salem Radio Network, says it is his opinion that the Greenwood shooting shows that gun-free zones don't work. The gun-free zones get people killed, period. And this shooting proves it. Once again, the Second Amendment prevails. Once again, Americans are reminded of the obvious solution to mass shootings in public places. Gallagher went on to praise the Good Samaritan, Elijah Dickens, calling him a hero. He saved lives. They ought to give this kid a ticker tape parade. 22-year-old, legally armed, lawfully armed citizen. I guarantee you this story is going to spark many people today to go out, go to a range, go take a course, get your concealed carry permit, learn how to be a responsible gun owner so you can defend yourself against the evil that is all around us. And the media won't touch this. In fact, not only will they not touch it, will they avoid pointing out that As Wayne LaPierre once famously said, the only way to stop a bad guy with a gun is a good guy with a gun. Millions of people in Britain stayed home Monday during the country's first ever extreme heat warning as hot, dry weather oppresses mainland Europe. The highest temperature ever recorded in Britain is 101.7 Fahrenheit. What makes the heat wave in Europe so devastating is that most homes, schools, and small businesses do not have air conditioning. Bloomberg Markets' Leanne Duran says the heat wave will add to the stress many families are facing due to sharply increased energy prices. So London is set to be one of the hottest places in the world today, if you can believe it or not, Tom. Hotter than Western Sahara and California. And doctors, so if we just concentrate on that side before we go to the bull side, doctors are saying there's a real risk to life as temperatures are set to soar today. So we could see over 40 degrees for the very first time here in the Mm. UK. And as you know, our infrastructure is just not built for that, is it? So they're saying that if you're going to get the train home later today, they're going to be going much 
much slower because train infrastructure is going to be battling under all the heat. And also we're going to be using fans, aren't we? We're going to be possibly buying portable air conditioners, which are really going to be pulling on the electricity grid. And as we know, our bills are going up substantially anyway. So this adds to that pressure that's coming to families. Yeah, bad timing. Court battles prompted by the Supreme Court's June 24th ruling reversing Roe v. Wade played out in multiple states on Monday, with a judge in West Virginia blocking that state's 150-year-old abortion ban and one in Louisiana, leaving an order against enforcement of that state's ban in place, but just for now. In another development, the Supreme Court issued an order that put Indiana a step closer to being able to enforce a parental notification law involving girls who get abortions before they turn 18. Louisiana Attorney General Jeff Landry says he will prevail in upholding that state's abortion ban. Those people who don't like it have two choices. They can go and try to change the law. But if they find themselves in a minority of ideas, they can pack their bags and they can go somewhere else. Zohuri Abdalian with the Louisiana Abortion Rights Action Committee says the state is engaging in oppression. We reject the invitation to leave the state. We know these states' rights laws, that's all about Jim Crow and oppression. And we, we, we reject that fully. Ed Morrissey is editor at Hot Air and host of The Ed Morrissey Show and says that if Democrats hope to use abortion to help them in the midterms, according to the polling, they're going to be in for a big surprise. After fumbling for two weeks in the Supreme Court decision overturning Roe v. Wade, Joe Biden and his fellow Democrats have settled on their midterm message. That message is that they want women to turn out in droves to support their position that the federal government should make abortion accessible at all stages of pregnancy. President Biden said as much. I don't think the court, or for that matter, the Republicans who for decades have pushed the extreme agenda, have a clue about the power of American women. But they're about to find out, in my view. According to a survey conducted by Harvard and Harris polling after the Dobbs decision, Biden and Democrats don't have a clue about women or abortion. Far from supporting their extremist position, 75% of all women oppose abortions after 15 weeks, and so do 60% of Democrats. In fact, not a single voting demographic supports the Biden-Schumer-Pelosi proposal that would end all restrictions on abortion. When it comes to understanding women and abortion, it's Biden who needs a clue. President Biden has been dealt another political setback to his domestic agenda. Daybreak Insider White House correspondent Greg Clugston has more on that story. After returning home from overseas, the president is once again facing the prospect of a scaled-back legislative plan because of opposition from Democratic Senator Joe Manchin. Last week, he rejected any economic measure if it includes climate or energy provisions or increases taxes on the rich or corporations. Manchin said he's worried about inflation, and that's forcing the White House to slim down the president's sweeping proposals. Greg Clugston, Washington. Anthony Fauci, who is quite possibly the nation's most famous infectious diseases expert, who has served as the face of the coronavirus pandemic response for more than two years, says he will retire by the end of President Biden's term after more than 50 years in government. Fauci, Biden's chief medical advisor, has been director of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases since 1984. Fauci joins CNN to discuss 
his plans for retirement. What happened is that I gave an interview with a reporter and they said, you know, you're going to have to step down sometime. You can't be in this job forever. And I said, you're absolutely right. I can't be in this job forever. And I don't anticipate I'll be in this job before the end at, at the end of the first term of President Biden, which is January 2025. Somehow that got interpreted that it's announcing my retirement. I just said that it is extremely unlikely, in fact, for sure, that I'm not going to be here beyond January 2025. So sometime between now, Kate, and January 2025, you can guarantee I'll step down. Fauci says that his decision to step down at the end of Biden's first term is due to his desire to pursue other career opportunities and not because of public scrutiny and failures. I do want to do other things in my career, even though I'm at a rather advanced age. I have the energy and the passion to continue to want to pursue other aspects of my professional career. And I'm going to do that sometime. I'm not exactly sure when, but I don't see myself being in this job to the point where I can't do anything else after that. So that's the reason. It has nothing to do with pressures, nothing to do with all the other nonsense that you hear about, all the bobs and the slings and the arrows. That has no influence on me. Confidence among builders in the U.S. housing market plunged more than expected in July to the lowest level since the beginning of the COVID-19 pandemic. As scorching inflation and rising borrowing costs force buyers to pull back. The National Association of Home Builders Wells Fargo Housing Market Index, which measures the pulse of the single family housing market, fell for the seventh consecutive month to the lowest level since May 2020. It is the second biggest one month decline in the survey's 37-year history. Demand for new homes is cooling nationwide, leading builders to slash prices to offload homes. Home buyers are canceling contracts for new homes at the highest rate since the start of the pandemic. What's more, higher mortgage rates and surging inflation is causing some buyers to say to themselves, is this a good idea? The result? Sales of new homes dropped 31% in June compared to last year. And those rising cancellation rates are clobbering home construction companies. Cancellation rates jumped in June to 14.5% nationally, up 6.5% from a year ago. Russell Davis, head of Home Builders Association of Alabama, says... Builder confidence is down some, as as you indicated. Interest rates are going up substantially like they have over the last few months particularly as it relates to the first-time buyer. The Chips for America Act, pending in Congress, would infuse billions of dollars into America's lagging chip industry to advance domestic semiconductor manufacturing and shift American independence away from mostly Asian producers. Rob Beard, Senior Vice President of Micron Technology, spoke with the Salem Radio Network and says building production facilities is not only good for the chip industry, but also for the surrounding economy. We're talking about billions and billions of dollars in investment back into the United States. So not only great jobs in the fabs themselves and great jobs for the U.S. semiconductor companies that we invest in, but also in the infrastructure around those. Beard says if Congress passes the CHIPS Act, 
to infuse billions into America's lagging semiconductor industry. The communities where the production facilities are built will see an infusion of dollars on their own. When we go build a new fab, for example, it's a we spend anywhere from you know, 40 to $50 billion, depending on the fab, investing in that facility. But in addition to that, there's an entire infrastructure that's built up around that facility of all our vendors and suppliers and others. So not only is it the jobs that we would create and that semicon- the semiconductor companies create themselves, but it's the entire ecosystem around them. And those jobs are great jobs as well. Speaking to the Salem Radio Network, Beard says it's vitally important America produce its own chips because nearly every electronic we use has a chip, and we cannot be relying on foreign manufacturers. Beard tells the Salem Radio Network's lawmakers need to break the logjam if America is going to break free of foreign dependence on its chip supply. What's really important here to focus on is the urgency of passing the CHIPS Act now. This has been a process that's been going on for the last couple of years, this discussion of whether we need to invest in semiconductor manufacturing in the U.S. and the importance of having a secure supply chain. This conversation has been going on for quite some time. Beard goes on to say that Congress needs to pass the CHIPS Act so the U.S. can wean itself from depending on foreign manufacturers. We have an opportunity now to bring it back to the U.S., and if we don't act now in this Congress right now this summer, I think we're going to miss that opportunity. And finally, a Missouri man has filed a lawsuit over socks. A Missouri man says in a class action suit against Bass Pro, the outdoor outfitter is refusing to honor its lifetime warranty on its socks. Kent Slaughter says after years of exchanging its redhead lifetime guarantee all-purpose wool socks every time they wore out, the company changed its policy in 2021 before he tried to return four pairs of old socks. Instead of getting other pairs with a lifetime warranty, Slaughter says he was given socks that only carried a 60-day warranty. Bass Pro is not commenting. Jason Walker reporting. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider Podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at srnnews.com and townhall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never before seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.